when the replay official did not stop I, the game. I'm not going to comment on that. I'll get fined for the rest of my life if I get commented on that. We had a great belief in our locker room. We didn't have to do anything special, just be us. I was so proud of this team. We had so much fun, it ought to be illegal. Coach Carousel talk, is that something you just ignore? Yeah, yeah, you, you ignore because one week you're getting fired and the next week you're going to take another job, and I'm worried about the darn SEC West Championship. And So, yes, to answer your question. Our purpose is to win, make no mistake about it, but it's to win the right way. And our goal, our stated goal, is going to be to win the Sun Belt, uh, sorry, to win the SEC East. That's iron sharpening iron. That's the way this thing's got to work, man. We got to know and understand that it's got to be about competition. Talk about the reception you received from the fan, fan base. Did you ever think you'd be kissing and hugging babies at the tarmac when you got the point? Um, a lot better than another tarmac experience that I had. <laughs> I didn't think of that. It was like, <laughs> like an anniversary or something like that. We're coming. We're coming, and we ain't backing down. It's time for Carolina football. Let's get the fuck out of your seats. Spurs up. Welcome in the latest episode of That SEC Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? Hey, buddy, what's going on? Hey, man, got a lot of uh, action going on here in the SEC. This thing just never seems to slow down, does it? Where, hell, I mean, we got the seasons over and then rolling right into these recruiting and bowl games and cancellations. Yeah. And my goodness, it's I'm my head's just spinning trying to keep up with all this. So uh, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. I, I'd do a lot better if I'd stop seeing these damn cancellations. I ain't going to lie. You know, I mean, we're at the point. Some of these guys are at practice. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So uh, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see smooth sailing here on out, Mike, and get some actual college uh, football games because it feels like our season is dwindling away quicker than expected. Yeah, that's unfortunate. But, uh, hey, before we get to the bad news, Shane, Maybe the best post-game comments I've ever seen. I know this isn't SEC-related, but I think a lot of SEC fans can relate to the message that old J.J. Watt had to share. You know, the Houston Texans all-pro defensive lineman here. I know this has got nothing to do with SEC, but let's uh, let's kick it over to J.J. Watt. I think you'll really appreciate the fact that I'm including this on the show. We played horrendously, and that's... I mean, it's harsh, but that is a fact of what we did today, and it is extremely frustrating. Professional athletes getting paid a whole lot of money. If you can't come in and put work in in the building, go out to the practice field and work hard, do your lifts and do what you're supposed to do, you should not be here. This is a job. We are getting paid a whole lot of money. There are a lot of people that watch us and invest their time and their money into buying our jerseys and buying a whole bunch of shit, and they care about it. They care every single week. We're in week 16. And work four and eleven, and there's fans that watch this game that show up to the stadium, that put in time and energy and effort and care about this. So if you can't go out there and you can't work out, you can't show up on time, you can't practice, you can't want to go out there and win, you shouldn't be here, because this is a privilege. It's the greatest job in the world. You get to go out and play a game, and if you can't care enough, even in week 17, even when you're trash, when you're four and eleven. If you can't care enough to go out there and give everything you've got and try your hardest, that's bullshit. So that's how I just, I think it's, that's, there are people every week that still tweet you, that still come up to you and say, Hey, we're still rooting for you. We're still behind you. They have no reason whatsoever to, we stink, but they care and they still want to win and they still want you to be great. That's why those people aren't getting paid. We're getting paid handsomely. That's why. And that's, that's who I feel the most bad for is our fans and the people who care so deeply in this city and the people who love it and who truly want it to be great. And it's not. And that sucks as a player to know that we're not giving them what they deserve. All right, Shane. So I hope you like that clip and, You know, I just really thought uh, this really resonated with me because this kind of speaks to, I think, the heart of just loving SEC football and and the passion. And 
Hell, we're, we're sitting here spieling on about uh, SEC football on December 29th. <laughs> I mean, I, if, if this clip don't say it all, I mean, I, I think it just kind of hits to the heart of, of all the SEC football fans and just how much they love their teams and, and love the sport. Yeah, I think you said this personally to me, Mike, when I missed the pod yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Do your part, man, you know? So, no, I'm joking with you. I, I love I love the, the energy. I love the vibe that uh, J.J. Watt has. Um, you know, just what he's been able to do there at in the community. You know, you saw you saw especially after the the floods came in. You know what he was able to do. It's 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 more than football, but you know, football is the core of it. It's it's you know a lot of these. He's right. You know, uh, there's a lot of players that you know think about this man. The, you're looking at this this game that we're about to talk about here in a little bit, the, the TCU Arkansas game. There's there's players on that team that it's the last day that they get to play football. That There were some of them that were working up for this last opportunity to put on those pads and, and go on that field and represent a, a, a collegiate team. And they'd love nothing more than to play in the NFL. And sometimes – Sometimes you, you, these talented players, they just forget. They take for granted what what they have, God's gift, you know, to 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 play on Sundays. And there's a lot of people that, myself included, Mike. I'm telling you, if you would have caught, if you would have caught little fat cousin Shane running around when he was eight years old, there was no doubt in his mind he was going to play in the NFL one day. I had it worked out. I was going to be in Super Bowl Fifty. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, I stopped growing at 5'10". I started going horizontal <laughs> instead of vertical, Mike. <laughs> so it just wasn't in my cards. But, you know, when you get to hear players like this and athletes like this, they, you know, it's just a reminder that, uh, you know, it is important and, and, and what you put into it. And what we do, I think, is important too, man. There's a lot of people going on the road. There's a lot of people going to work and, you know, they ain't got time to sift through all the sec BS that's out there. And, and, you know, we, we bring it for them. So we can you know, break it down so they don't have to sit there at home for three or four hours, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Way to rape, way to rope us in on this one, Shane. I, <laughs> I, I do appreciate you that like one. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of that, Hey man, we got uh, some sec news to get to you ready to go around the league. Let's do it. Now let's go around the league. My my daughters said something about me wearing a visor and need to put on a hat because I'm getting bald. So uh, I'm going to wear a hat from here on out. I mean, if you look over the next six years, I think we played Miami three times, Florida State six times, South Florida three times, Mississippi State once. So who's the SEC teams? You know, I mean, I don't think I think it's an injustice for the kids. They should, we should mix those games up, and you should, um, you know, play more teams from the West. Why, why don't you start calling around and see if you can get somebody else to play us, and we'll play them. Right, we'll play anybody you can get to play us. In Louisiana, hold on a second. Hey guys, hey, I'm having a press conference, okay? Thank you. All right, we got to start here in Fayetteville, Shane. A lot of news here. You want the good news or the bad news? Oh, more good news, Mike. I need the good news. All right, well, let's start with the good because it's the Razorback return party. Now, we hit mm-hmm. on this on the last episode with uh, all-SEC linebacker Grant Morgan announcing on Christmas that he is returning to the Razorbacks this season, the SEC leading tackler with 111 tackles this year. That was huge. But as you noted, Shane, we had a lineman return. That'd be left tackle, starting left tackle, Myron Cunningham. And then after him, we got starting right guard, Ty Clary. With those two returning players, Shane, Arkansas's entire two deep on the offensive line returning to play mm. for Coach Sam Pittman and offensive line coach Brad Davis. That's huge. Yeah. Uh, and then, hey, we're not done yet, buddy, receiver Davion Warren, breakout candidate. He had... More catches, more uh, more catches, more receiving yards, more touchdowns this season than he's ever had his entire career combined. He's coming back. Tight end Blake Kern, same deal as uh, Davion Warren. I mean, he just broke all his records this year. So we're getting two breakout offensive players coming back. And then TJ Hammonds, running back receiver, returning for another season in Fayetteville. 
And mm. my goodness, Shane, what does this say to, you know, the, the commitment, the level of buy-in there uh, in, in Fayetteville when it comes to San, San Pittman's program? Because keep in mind, none of these players even signed up to, to play for San Pittman, but they're all signing up for an extra year of them. Uh, exactly, man. That's the. I'm glad you said that because these these aren't even Chad Morse guys. These are these are big Brett guys. You know what I'm saying? Right. This is uh, players that have gone through several different coaching staffs and and now they're at the tail end of their career and they have an opportunity to come back. You, you don't see that most of the time. It's it's almost like a clean break when a new coach comes in, but to have these guys come back, I just think that's huge and it just shows you the kind of expectations that you're going to see when when these new young kids come onto that campus. They're going to see four fifth-year seniors that that are there for a purpose. And I just think, you know, when you have them, maybe, they, maybe some of these guys aren't, you know, going to be playing on Sundays. You know, some of these guys you won't be talking for about five, ten years from now. But but the young kids that they mold now, some of these young recruits that they've brought in, uh, I, I just think it it speaks volumes, man. I, I think the worth eth- the work ethics that they they establish is going to help the the generations of classes to come in. Mm-hmm. Now this is something that uh, you know we kind of with this 2020 and, and the NCAA allowing a free year of eligibility. That's why these seniors are allowed to come back. And great thing is, Shane, everybody that comes back that's a senior, they do not count. I think we've referenced this before. They do not count against the 85-man scholarship limit. So, Mm -hmm. you know, some of these teams probably going to be under that limit anyway just from uh, all the turnover from, you know, all these uh, multiple coaching changes in recent years. I'm specifically thinking of, of Arkansas here, but... You know, it's not, it doesn't hurt you on the back end. So, you know, this is just a bonus all the way around. And this is kind of what I anticipated where the teams at the bottom of the SEC, not saying the program or anything, but Arkansas fans, we are fired up as hell. We won three games, right? We, we want to flip that script and be the one that, uh, you know, you only lose three games. But the players at those teams, like a Florida, Georgia, Alabama, I would say 99% of their seniors are gone and it's because mm-hmm. they're going off to the NFL, you know, but he, right. here at Arkansas, we still got development. I don't think, uh, you know, I'm not trying to downplay any of these returns cause I think they're huge, but most of these guys kind of like you noted, probably not going off to the NFL and getting drafted right now, but just look at a guy like Grant Morgan never even started till this season. Now he's all sec leads the sec in tackles Give these guys a real off-season of development, another season on the field with this coaching staff, and I guarantee you there's going to be many of these guys that get drafted in 2022 draft. Yeah, baby. Yes, sir. (laughs) Well, speaking of him, let's kick it over to uh, Sam Pittman real quick, who was asked about all these guys returning, and he said, we might have some more, Shane. Hi, Sam. Um, I'm sure you're aware of the guys who've been announcing that they're coming back over the last several days. Just your thoughts about how that helps your team for next year. And um, and you you said you were going to talk to a few more and how that's going. Well, I think we've had four that's come out and said they were returning. And and, um, obviously that makes you feel good. It makes you feel good because, um, A, they want to come back. I mean, that's, uh, you know, obviously Grant – had an opportunity uh, in the NFL draft, uh, decided to come back. And in uh, Myron, we felt like uh, from the grades we got back from him that he definitely was a draftable player. Um, but he came back. And of course, then Davion, we knew Davion was going to come back. I think he announced it on senior day. He didn't, but I think his parents did on the video. And then uh, Ty Clary, we knew was going to come back uh, quite a while ago, and and uh, so we got that out yesterday. And we have three other guys that I believe will come out uh, that they're coming back today. Um, and then we're still working on a guy or two, you know. So we'll see how good of recruiters we are. But we we certainly, uh, you know, if you can bring your whole most not your entire team, but if you can bring a lot of seniors back. 
think that means something uh, to the program. Obviously, they're talented, and uh, we're excited about those guys, and we're excited to announce the other three today, and and excited about the possibility of, of possibly getting even more back. We're just really happy that they think enough of the University of Arkansas and the program that they're going to come back for their for their sixth year or their double senior year, however you want to say it. It came out that Felipe was accepted an invite to the Senior Bowl. Uh, what did you think about that honor for him? And I guess, does that mean he's officially not coming back next year? Well, um, you'll have to ask him about that. I, I don't believe that. Um, I think Felipe's come in here and done what he said he would do um, for the University of Arkansas. I was so excited to see that he got the invite to the Senior Bowl. I believe that he belongs there. I believe that he'll do really well there. Um, but he came here uh, basically to play, to play well enough to be talked about in the NFL draft. And then now with the Senior Bowl, they'll be able to see him live and see how strong his arm really is and, and get to know him as a person. I think that will also up his draft stock, just getting to know him as a young man. Uh, I don't anticipate him coming back. Uh, we'll have, we, you know, we've got KJ and Malik and those guys uh, for our future. And uh, we feel in good shape there at quarterback. Uh, but uh, Felipe's done everything he could do for us. And I think he'll have a really good game on, on Thursday as well. Hey, Bob, before you start, you know, there's a lot of different guys opting out and this, that, and other than Felipe Franks with an opportunity to go to the Senior Bowl and what he's done and this, that, and other, and he did not. I think that shows a lot towards his character. I'm really proud of him that he decided to play in the, in the uh, Texas Bowl. All right, Shane, so there you have it from uh, the head hog himself, Sam Pittman. I really appreciated uh, especially his comments here on Felipe Franks. And, of course, now we got to get to the bad news. You know, everybody knows by now, Arkansas Bowl game, the Texas Bowl canceled due to COVID issues with TCU. Arkansas was loading up the buses to to head on down there the moment they found out. So, I mean, it's just devastating. But, yeah, I know that I know it hurts for Arkansas fans. And now these comments here Sam Pittman made about Felipe Franks, you know, they still hold water, though. I mean, he, he could have easily been one of these opt-outs. But, you know, he saw it through to the end. And I just think uh, Arkansas, I don't think you could have a brighter future than you got right now. No, I, I agree, man. And I, I think the those horned frogs saw a couple of hot videos and said, I, I'm not getting the hell out of here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> pack up our purple jerseys. We're going home. Oh, <laughs> uh, I hate it for Arkansas, man, you know, because. If there was a game I was most excited about gambling on, mm -hmm. it was going to be Arkansas. With all these people coming back, it just felt like, you know, there was going to be no letdown with this game. And uh, I think TCU knew it. I, I really do. I, I think that's why they they didn't fight to get this thing going. But anyway, he, neither here and there. I just I, I just hate it for for guys like Felipe. You know, for everything he's done this season everything he's done in his collegiate career to to this point and not get to go out on top i, I hate that um because i if anybody was deserving it's that guy mm -hmm. all right shay we'll uh stick in with the return theme let's jump on down to columbia missouri M -I -Z! because eli drinkowitz and his programs got some momentum themselves shane because we've got three guys same deal seniors returning for another year Receiver Kiki Chisholm caught 38 passes for uh, 458 yards and just one touchdown this year. But this was a guy that uh, I can't remember the school they got him from, but I believe it was a Division II program, and he you know he wanted to prove himself against SEC competition. And I think he yeah. I think he did a nice job of, of doing it, but kind of similar to these Arkansas guys, probably not going to be a draft pick necessarily. Hell, I don't I don't know what their stock is, but. You know, coming back for another season to improve that stock, we all saw the momentum that uh, Eli Drinkwitz and his program is is heading towards, particularly on that offensive side. So that's big news. Uh, their starting center, Michael Mayotti, he's he started 43 consecutive games at center. So this is like a building block 
Now Missouri's set to return their entire offensive line, same as Arkansas. And then punter, don't laugh, Shane, punter Grant McGinnis. And he's the holder. I mean, this is a special teams bonanza. He's returning as well. But uh, I'm sensing a theme here, Shane, where, you know, these first-year coaches that we saw some progress, their guys are returning. They, You know, they're getting a taste of success. They want to continue that after – you know, maybe not having so much success during their college careers. Maybe they're having a little bit too much fun. So, uh, again, this is good news for Missouri. And, and remember, they uh, remember it was a year ago. They didn't get to go to the bowl game, and there was uh, the tutor mm-hmm. situation, and they had scholarships taken away. So these three guys returning helps the depth there because, again, they don't count against the scholarship limits. So we're getting back to normal here with Missouri with uh, these players returning. So just good news for the Tigers as well. Good news, competitive depth, man. And, and you know, you think about these new coaches, they, they're, they're kind of handicapped that first season with their, uh, with their recruiting class. So why not keep the guys you have and get, have a little bit more competitive depth? I love it, man. And uh, last thing on Missouri here, Shay, they announced right before we hopped on here, they got a uh, anonymous donor do- uh, donated $10 million dollars Golly! So they're and they're they're trying to build an indoor football facility, and I think this is the money they needed to, you know, get over their benchmark they needed, because Missouri's the only SEC football program without a. They do have an indoor facility, but it's only seventy yards long. They mm-hmm. wanted the uh, you know standard one hundred twenty yards so that you have you know space on both sides. So mm-hmm. good news for Missouri. This is something that Eli Drinkowitz. He wanted a commitment from the university that this was going to get done when, when he signed on, and here we are a year later, and you know, big step for Missouri. So, just another sign after the renovations to their stadium uh, in the last couple of years, that's all good and up and running, and and now we're going to have a state-of-the-art facility at Missouri. It's an arms race in the SEC, and you you just got to stay competitive in that aspect if you're going to be competitive on the field. You know what? Yeah, maybe they can get rid of that little rock garden. You know, just start. <laughs> Start adding to that play. Make it a make it an SEC stadium. You know what I'm saying? I mean, nothing against it. I, I understand you got to start somewhere, but come on, man, that thing needs to hold a hundred thousand people, and they want to be the way Eli's bringing in. You got people donating ten million dollars. Golly, I mean, it's it's just a matter of time for that university explodes, brother. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, moving down to College Station, just real quick. Gigamagus. Speaking of returning, now this is, uh, you know, no decision's been made, nothing's been finalized or anything, but interesting comments here, Shane, from Kellen Mond, Texas A&M starting quarterback. Uh, he's asked about, you know, cons- thoughts on possibly returning for another year in College Station. Ooh. Hey, Kellen, with, um, you know, obviously you've, you're probably you're going to get drafted and everything, but have you given any thought at all to coming back for another season? Have, have you thought that through at all? Um, I, I've thought about it, and you know, it's kind of been something that's talked around the locker room a little bit. But you know, I think just where everybody's focus is, we just want to win this game. We want to finish off the season strong, and um, then kind of move on from there and decide what everybody else is going to do. All right, Shane. So I'm not trying to. Uh... You know, go overboard here with the Aggie hype train. But, you know, players like Kellen Mond, these are the type of guys I was referencing before where I didn't think there's any chance they would come back to college because uh, I know there's a lot of people out there that, you know, Kellen Mond haters out there, I guess if you want to call them that. But I still think he'd get some good looks at the NFL. I certainly think he'd get drafted. I'm not saying he'd be like a day one starter or anything. But, man, this potentially – and again, I don't want to put the cart before the horse here, but if he were to return, I mean, that's mm. possibly like a game-changing decision here in the SEC West, wouldn't you think? Uh, Yeah, I, I, I think so, man. Um, because I really, I, I, I've been on record as saying, Tam, you know, Tamu got, a little, got, they got screwed. They should have been in the college football playoffs, in my honest opinion. And if you can convince some of those guys to stick around for one more season, who buddy, I'm telling you what, they'd be, they could potentially be a front runner there in the West. Mm-hmm. All right, Shane, well, let's uh, jump on down to Gainesville. Where, my goodness, Shane, you want to talk about opt-outs. 
<laughs> we already knew Kyle Pitts, the uh, All-American tight end, was opting out, so no surprise there. Yeah. Then All-SEC receiver Kadarius Toney has opted out. He's going off to the NFL. Same mm-hmm. thing with uh, Trevon Grimes, outstanding receiver. Have a breakout season for the Gators. And on top of that, not an opt-out, but a COVID-out, Jacob Copeland. He's announced that uh, due to COVID testing, he's going to miss Florida's upcoming Cotton Bowl against the Sooners. And, you know, these decisions, Shane, flipped the uh, spread. <laughs> Florida was favored in this game by... I can't remember how much, six or seven, I thought. And now Oklahoma's favored by three and a half. So my question to you, Shane, who in the hell is Kyle Trask going to be throwing the ball to? <laughs> <laughs> uh, i tell you what, man. I, 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 that's a big hit, obviously. A huge hit with, with those guys opting out. Not surprised because these guys, you know, it, it just it, – it, like if I were to guess – a few players that weren't going to be playing in a bowl game, a few of them would have been at Florida. For some reason, I just you just kind of knew that the writing was on the wall there. These these guys are also upset that that they didn't get to make it to the college football playoffs. And but still, you got Kyle Trask, man, and and it's kind of exciting if you're curious about what's this team going to look like next year. So I think this is a good audition for some of those younger kids because they still got plenty of talent on that roster and and see what see what you got to work with next year. Mm-hmm. Now keep in mind, Shane, when we record, we're recording this on Tuesday and this will come out on Wednesday. That's going to be our first bowl game now of the SEC season here in the Cotton Bowl, Florida versus Oklahoma, number six Oklahoma, number seven Florida. Who do you like, man? I guess we might as well just pick this this matchup here. And anything, uh, anything you got your eye on in this one? Uh, like I said, young talent. I want I want to see young emerging talent, and 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 I also I, I want to see it at quarterback. I want to see what Lil Emery's got to do. You know, uh, mm-hmm. it it kind of surprised me that out of all these opt outs, Kyle wasn't one of them as well. But he's going to be there, and I hope you know I hope he's able to showcase some of this wide receiver talent around him. Um, I hope this isn't a game that that coach decides he wants to start running all of a sudden because we've seen what happened the last time he attempted to do that. This is not a running team right now, but uh, I, I want to see I want to see Emory in there. I, that's that's what I'm looking for. It's just young talent. I want to see a glimpse of 2021 and what the Florida Gators are going to look like. Yeah, and I think you just hit on something interesting, Shane, because I don't want to say Florida can't run the ball or maybe just completely unwilling to. But now they may be forced to with because yeah. I don't know who now is going to catch a ball. But I'll flip it over to the other side. I mean, everybody and their mother seems to be out on Todd Grantham. I, th- I think I'm the only one left in the Todd Grantham fan club. So Todd Grantham's defense against Lincoln Riley's offense. I mean, hell, Lincoln Riley going up against anybody is uh, mm-hmm. is going to be a mismatch. So it's this one's going to be on Todd Grantham, man, to scheme up something. Sooners averaging over 41 points per game. I don't know. This is trouble, Shane, and I see why the line flipped here. I think I got to go Oklahoma to win it and probably cover the spread, three-and-a-half-point spread. But Mm. since I'm picking that, you just know them Gators are going to find a way. (laughs) (laughs) I got the Gators win. I got – I'm just – so nobody's surprised here. I'm predicting every SEC team to win. Now, I think the Florida Gators, even though they've lost a lot of talent, I still think they're a better team. I, they've played in a better conference. They've they've just they got a better quarterback. There's there's just so many things that Florida is still better a better coach. Mm-hmm. I still think than than Riley, and uh, that's why I got the Florida Gators winning. And, you know, I don't think it's going to be a, a, a high-shooting game. Like, What's the over-under on this thing? Do you have it? The over-under, 68. Okay. I, I, I still kind of like the under. I think we're going to see a little bit more of a conservative game here, mm-hmm. like, you know, kind of what we hit on because of the receivers right now. Who knows? We may have a little bit more of the running game going here. So it uh, won't look identical to what we've seen in the past. But uh, give me the Florida Gators. 35, Oklahoma 20. Are we doing the scores? Nah, just because 
Who the hell knows yeah. with the, these bowl games? You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I'll still go 35-20. Okay. <laughs> That's how confident I am on the Florida game. Hey, hey there is actually one kind of good opt-out. Florida fans, I think we're happy to see this guy go. Marco Wilson, old shoe toss man, he is opted out. Oh, man, opted out, huh? I'm sure there's a joke in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Just not drunk enough to find it. <laughs> All right, let's jump on down to... The other Columbia, Columbia, South Carolina shade, where, again, we kind of hit on this already. The, uh, you know, the hires made by Shane Beamer still got, I believe, three positions remaining. Defensive coordinators is the big one. Receivers coach and either a linebackers coach or a defensive backs coach. Sounds like it's going to be a defensive backs coach, but, uh, you know, speculation running rampant, Shane. Continues to look like Derek Mason may be the guy. Yep. And that would be huge for South Carolina. I mean, well, that's that's what we were promised when we got Shane Beamer was that uh, we were going to get elite coordinators. And I think this would be, not to say Mike Bobo, I mean, I, I know he's got his haters. I, I think he's a great coordinator. So, But it just wasn't splashy, I guess, because he was already there. But uh, thoughts mm-hmm. on... You know, you kind of already hinted on this, but it sounds like Mason could go to LSU too. So uh, what kind of, you know, victory would this be for Shane Beamer if he's able to hire Derek Mason and Ed Orgeron's LSU program at, hell, just won a national championship a year ago? Yeah, I mean, I think that would be huge, man. I think that's what, I think that's what we're waiting for, a little bit of a signature hire, somebody that can help Beamer in this whole situation. And I think uh, – to be honest with you, I, I still think Mike Bobo staying on staff is is still a huge hire. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of South Carolina fans maybe aren't a fan of it, but I, I think when you're talking about a new coach, it, it just helps to have somebody that has that experience. Uh, you know, even if he wasn't as successful as, as he'd want over there in Colorado, but um, I think that's important. But I also think you know, similar to that Arkansas, you see what happens, man. You get a couple of you get a new coach and a couple of ex-coaches, and, and next thing you know, you, you've got something to work with. So I, I still think that a Coach Mason or a Coach Steele or one of those type of hires would be a home run hire for South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Well, let's kick it over to uh, Shane Beamer real quick, where he got to introduce uh, you know the, his new hires and talk about uh, the guys he retained on staff. And, of course, everybody was fired up to see what he had to say about Connor Shaw. This is this is who you thought you were getting when you hired Shane Beamer. These comments say it all. And then he discusses the uh, decision to retain Mike Bobo. Keep these guys on board, like I said. And then Connor Shaw, the day that, the day that I walked in the building, uh, when I met with Connor Shaw, he sat down in my office, and the first thing I said to him is, under no circumstances am I letting you walk out of this building and not be part of this program. He is everything that's right about South Carolina football, and uh, I was not going to let him walk out that building and, and go anywhere else, uh, what, even if that was off campus or on campus, across campus, to, to work in administration. He, uh, I told him we had to make sure it was the right fit for both of us with his role uh, going forward, and I believe it, it is. We've had some good conversations. He and I are still kind of working through the specifics of exactly what his role is going to be going forward, but I can tell you that uh, he will have a, a more involvement on the football side of things. I mean, he's, he wants to continue in the role that he's in in a lot of ways, but he also wants to be more involved with things from a football side of uh, football aspect of it, a recruiting aspect of it. And uh, my last conversation with Connor was we would sit down again and, and hash out the specifics and, and, and craft uh, the specifics of his role that's right for both of us. But he's excited about this position. Uh, we certainly talked about on-field positions. We talked about off-field positions. And I wanted to do what was right for Connor, and Connor wanted to do what was right for South Carolina. And uh, I'm confident and, and very certain that we're both on the same page with that going forward and really, uh, really enthused about the impact that he's going to be able to make on on this program going forward. Yeah, Happy New Year, Shane. Um, <clears throat> could you kind of give us a little insight as to a specifically almost Mike Bobo because he's the most high-profile holdover. I know you've got four of them. But give us some insight into how much, you know, your decision went into Mike Bobo's skills and what you thought about him as opposed to 
really maybe needing to clean house after a mediocre year and getting a fresh start uh, throughout your staff, especially at one of your highest, uh, you know, assistant positions? Yeah, I mean, I think that's always a thought. And I had coaches tell me that, that uh, uh, I mean, I talked to a, a new head coach in college football yesterday that told me, he's like, I'm going in as the new head coach and I'm not keeping anyone. And I think every situation's different. There's certainly the merit where you got to come in and clean house and fresh start and all that. But I also think you look at it from, I've got a heck of an offensive coordinator in the building already that has been here for less than a year that has proven that he can be that he can coordinate successful offenses in the SEC that can recruit at a high, high level and is loyal as all get out and is a great person. And I'm sitting there. If you're talking about coordinators, there's not many proven coordinators across the country, particularly ones with, with SEC experience. And there's different guys out there. There's flashy names and all that stuff. I get it. But a guy that believes in what I believe in that, that uh, wants to be at Carolina that's done it for a long, long time. Like I said, I mean, if he, if he hadn't been on the Carolina staff, um, I would have tried to have tried to have hired him. And I had an SEC head football coach, two of them actually call me when it was announced that, that Mike was staying and said, that was a, that's a big time hire. And it's not a guy that's telling me what I want to hear. They're two guys that know football. And uh, they said, Mike Bobo's as good as they've, as good as they come. I had a, uh, Bud Foster is a close, close friend of mine, the old defense coordinator at Virginia Tech, and and Bud and I were talking, and we talked about Mike because Virginia Tech played Georgia in the in the uh, Chick Fil A Peach Bowl many, I think, ten years ago or two thousand. I was at Mississippi State so a while ago, and Bud still talked about you know what a great job he thought Mike Bobo did and how challenging that preparation was for him and all that. Um, so Mike Bobo has the respect of coaches across the country. Uh, that's why he had other opportunities when he came to South Carolina. That's why he had other opportunities this year if he chose not to go uh, or not to stay at South Carolina. So uh, he'll have an imp- a huge impact on us. All right, Chad. So any Gamecock fans out on Mike Bobo, your head coach is all in on him. So you better get up on this train because I don't know that Mike Bobo needs to be defended here. I know people were very upset that uh, he probably played Colin Hill a little too long this season but hell when he was named interim they made they made the switch to Luke Doty so there's some evidence there and uh Kevin Harris had a career year I mean hell he's may have been the best running back in the SEC this year and Shai Smith who was nothing more than you know a complimentary player was one of the SEC's best receivers so yeah with what he had to work with I thought he did a really good job this year and should only get better as they increase the talent there in Columbia let me ask you with Beamer, is he, do you think he's going to, you know, because we know Muschamp obviously had a, a huge hand in the defense last year. Mm-hmm. Do you, what, what, what kind of, which way do you think Beamer's going to be leaning when he gets over here? You think him and Bobo are going to be more in this together or, or you think he's going to let Mike do his own thing? I mean, what, what do you think? Yeah, that's interesting because I always thought Shane Beamer was kind of more of a special teams guy, mm-hmm. but uh, this, this guy, he hired Pete, Lembo, I honestly did not know who that was till he hired him. To been doing some research. Apparently, this is uh, one of the better special teams coaches in the country, and uh, I think he's just going to turn it over to him. So, yeah, I, I think you you might be onto something. I think he's going to have his hand in the offense. So, certainly, I wouldn't. You know, you got to lean towards Mike Bobo with his experience, but you also can't downplay the fact that Shane Beamer just worked with Lincoln Riley, a guy just talked up with, you know, he's had what three Heisman finalists the last four years and uh-huh. a couple number one overall draft picks at quarterback. So, you know, you've got to sprinkle in some of that knowledge, I would think. And hell, maybe if you, if you mix Mike Bobo's running system here with, you know, a little bit of Lincoln Riley pass concepts, we may mm-hmm. have one hell of an offense down here in Columbia. Now, are we going to have? Uh, I mean, I, we got to address the elephant in the room here, Mike. Is uh, we're going to have the Frank Beamer cam? Uh, is that going to be a thing down here in South Carolina? <laughs> <laughs> Just scrolling over like Monty was with Lane there for a little bit. <laughs> oh, you know he's going to be on the sidelines or in the. Uh... You know he'll be. You know he's going to have his hands of defense too, man. His ass is going to be at practice. Oh, without a doubt. I'm, hey, I'm all for these coaching dads being here. We got we've got Monty down in Oxford. I'm, I'm trying to think if we got. Yeah, you know, I don't I don't know that we do at the moment. But 
hey, the, the more uh, expertise we can get in the SEC, I'll take it. Yeah, definitely, man. All right, final thing to hit on. I've been kind of putting this one off, but uh, let's jump on down to the Plains. Get ready, Toomer's Corner. Auburn's coming to roll you. Final score, Auburn 48, Alabama 45. We're old Brian Harson. For those of you who never even heard that name till about a week ago, he is the uh, new Auburn coach, and they introduced him during Christmas Eve, so kind of missed a lot of what he had to say, and I bet a lot of you did too if you aren't uh, diehard Auburn fans. But uh, before we get to these comments, Shane, I want to give this guy a shout-out. Uh, I've referenced his work before, but uh, John Talty of AL.com, he did a really good uh, in-depth reporting piece on kind of what went on behind the scenes at Auburn to land Brian Harson, And again, you can read this over at uh, AL.com, but you know he just talked about the fact that the AD Alan Green was not involved in firing Gus Malzahn. That's something I've said on here on this show. But apparently how that worked out, Shane, where there was boosters that essentially got, uh, you know, they got the votes on the board of directors to get rid of Gus. Mm-hmm. And the plan was to promote Kevin Steele to full-time assistant. I mean, I think that's pretty well documented, but – Due to the Stop Steel campaign and uh, the AD Alan Green kind of stepping up and the the president, Jay Googe, I believe I think his name is down there at Auburn, they both kind mm-hmm. of uh, resisted this and and drug out the search a little bit here and they kind of made it their own. Yeah. And a- according to John Talty, uh, Alan Green, the AD, he's the one that got to pull the final trigger here on Brian Harson. So I think that's kind of why – he was on no one's radar because with uh, you know today's technology and the pandemic and everything, all these interviews are being done over Zoom and everything. So you can't really track. There's no plane tracking. They're not flying people in and out all over the country. So I think that's kind of how this all came about. But you know, if there's someone to blame, and I, let's not place any blame right now. Guy hasn't even coached a damn game. But if uh, Brian Harson is a disaster at Auburn, I think it's going to be on Alan Green. But you know, I kind of have already made my thoughts on this hire that, you know, with an offensive background, a quarterback coach in the SEC that uh, no one saw coming, I think this might prove to be a really good decision. But just wanted to give a little background on what's being reported out there on Brian Harson and how he got to Auburn because I don't know about you, but that was completely out of left field when he got hired. You know what? Yeah, I, I think so too, man. Now, is this is this Green's first hire? I believe so, of of any consequence, yeah. Oh, buddy. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. you kind of that's that's always been your like your you you know your card <laughs> when you pull it. <laughs> you got to be ready, and you got to have your guy in, and, and you can't you can't back out on this one. So yeah, that's a. Uh, I don't think it. It definitely didn't go down as planned, but you know, let's let's see, let's see what happens, man. I, I'm I'm not going to judge right now because I've been judging Gus for several years, <laughs> and I was ready for change just about as much as some of them guys were. So uh, I would be interested if this thing would have played out like it was supposed to. You know, mm-hmm. I am curious what what would this team look like if Coach Steele was the guy. So, and, and, and now I, that's the, the more intriguing pieces. Like, is he going to stick around? Is he going to get out of there? I mean, could you imagine they just had a stop still campaign? I, I, there's no place, no way I'd stay down there unless you're just a diehard Auburn fan. Right. And I think, you know, we'll get that resolution pretty quick here after uh, their upcoming bowl game against Northwestern. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head. It's kind of, <laughs> They're having a damn stop steal campaign. It's it's going to be tough to stick around for him, I would think. <laughs> yeah, if you started a stop Shane campaign, <laughs> I would stop doing the podcast, Mike. I'm going tell you right now. <laughs> All right, well, uh, let's jump over to these comments here from Brian Harson. I hope you had your morning coffee because uh, <laughs> this was on Christmas Eve. I'll give him that. But uh, he talks about his background. For those that, uh, like I said, have no idea who in the hell this guy is, former Boise State coach of course thoughts on the iron bowl and competing with uh, nick saban on the type of players he wants at auburn 
And finally, we're starting to hear this from every damn hire on all the interest he's received since joining Auburn staff and, and how there's so many people reaching out. He doesn't even know these numbers that uh, everybody wants to coach at Auburn and join his staff. So let's kick it over to Coach Brian Harson. So you all know I've spent a majority of my career at Boise State. All right, I played there. I walked on there. Um, I went through four head coaches when I was a player. Uh, so I told our team, um, I understand what that feels like to have coaches and uh, to go through changes like that. But I had a wonderful experience at Boise. And there was no other place other than Auburn University that was going to pull me away from a program like that. Spent several years there as the head coach. Prior to that as a coordinator, a tight ends coach, and a player. And when I left, the goal was to come back to Boise. And we were able to do that, all right, thanks to Chris Peterson and his decision. All right, that helped. But during that time, we set out to do the same things I'm talking about right now. How do we win championships and do it the right way? How do we bring in the best players and the best people and surround our team with coaches and men of integrity and guys that can teach the game and want to develop our players and want to be a part of something great? When you fly into the state of Alabama, there's no secret. It's 365 days talking about the Iron Bowl. Uh, Alabama, one of the top, obviously the top team in the nation. What have you seen from them? What have you been told so far about the Iron Bowl, one of the biggest robberies in sports? And what do you think about Nick Saban and the program he's put together? <laughs> yeah. Start off with the easy one, right? Um, well, let me, let me say this. I, I'm sure and I understand uh, the question that you're asking me. Um, let me just tell you how, how I view every single game we play is important. Every single practice and day that we spend in here is important. And if it's not, then when you get in moments like that, uh, I think they become too big. If every day is not a day where you're trying to do, well, go back to what Bo Jackson said, right? You're not trying to get better every single, single day and doing something better the next day, then, then what's, what's the point? Those moments become too big. Uh, I understand the rivalry. I understand the Iron Bowl uh, from where I've sat in the past. And obviously, I've not experienced that firsthand. Um, but there are programs in this conference that have done well, obviously. Teams here that have been very successful, uh, very competitive. And um, Auburn is no different, in my opinion. So every day that we, we put the work in necessary to be able to play in games like that, uh, and I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to be game one we're going to be focused on. It's going to be spring ball. It's going to be our development in the weight room. It's going to be the things that we have to do in our nutrition program and the everyday that's going to put us in a position so that we can compete and play successfully in games like that and, and play at our best in games like that. Because it's important to me that the team, when we go out there, uh, regardless, every time we, we snap the ball, we're competitive. Every time we, we get out there and on offense, defense, or special teams, we're competitive. And that takes tremendous work to do that. So I know that uh, the other programs in this league have been successful. I know they've, they've put together good football teams. They've recruited well. Well, this is the opportunity for us to do the same. And Auburn's played for a won a national championship, played for another, um, not too recent years. And so I think that uh, there's a formula that we can use here and we can certainly embrace the past. And I've said this before, we will attack the future moving forward and we will focus on what we have to do to be successful in each one of those games. But for our players and for our staff, it'll be an every day, just like today. How do we go one to know? How do we maximize what's right in front of us? How do we focus on the task at hand? How do we stay away from all the things that are going to be so far down the road and just try to be better today? and do the things necessary so that when we get into those moments, we'll be competitive every single play, every snap, every guy doing their 111th, and hopefully putting ourselves in a position where we can be successful at the end of the game. But there's got to be a process first that leads up to that. So um, those teams have had tremendous success. As far as Coach Saban, um, you know, he is, he's done a tremendous job, uh, much, 
much respect for me for what he's been able to do and uh, the type of programs he's put together. So uh, I've got nothing other than respect for him and, and what they've done, and, and I'm certainly looking forward to competing against him. And uh, we'll have our opportunity to do that, but we're going to focus on what we need to do at Auburn and, and how we need to do it so we can put ourselves in a position to, to compete when it's time. You had a very impressive resume when it comes to recruiting at Boise State, one of the top recruiting classes in that league. How do you plan to bring that kind of success to Auburn? Because you're also recruiting against other teams in your league that have a lot of potential as well, like the Georgias and Alabamas of the world. I'll go back to what I said. That's, that's part of the excitement about this opportunity. You got to compete. You got to compete in recruiting. You got to work. You got to do it every single day. You got to be committed to it. You got to be able to have these players see how they fit in your program. Why, why does this player fit at Auburn University? And they've got to be able to see that. And I think you know, part of that is, um, that's a major responsibility I have, is that vision for who we are, how they fit, and that they want to be here. You want guys that want to be a part of this program. You want the kind of guys that are going to do the things that you talk about that'll be on these walls in this program and will live that every single day. And guys that do that, you're gonna be successful because you surround yourself with 100 plus guys like that, that have that mindset, that wanna be great every single day, that are willing to do the work and are excited about where they are. Hey, it's a grind, it's hard. And, and, and everybody talks about that, but you know what? It's fun when you do it the right way. And we wanna have fun, we wanna have fun doing it. We wanna do it the right way, we wanna work hard. You know, be no days off. But we can have fun doing that. So at the end of the end of the season, end of their careers, they've enjoyed the journey. They understand what it means. They've become better people and football players along the way. So we're looking for guys like that. And how do you do that? You do it relentlessly every single day. You're passionate about your program. You're passionate about what you're trying to build. There are the right people out there that are going to come in and do exactly that at Auburn University. You just got to find them. You got to find them. And I think we've been able to do that at Boise. Uh, we are able to find our kind of guys. And we did that with our eyes, our ears. They fit our program. They fit who we are. Um, and, and they were guys that when they got there, uh, make no mistake about it, you got to develop them. You kind of hit on this uh, earlier, but what is sort of your timetable as far as once you get settled in, some of the, the key things you kind of want to iron out once you are kind of on the job? Well, the timetable is now, but as I said, this is, this is the focus, right? The next thing when, when um, this concludes, then it's on to all the other questions you've all been asking. Staff, and, and let me say this. There is no shortage of interest from coaches that want to be a part of this Auburn program. My, my phone's been blowing up. Uh, I haven't had a chance. I mean, I've got a lot of text messages. I haven't had a chance to get back to all of them. I don't know who every single one of them is. My number's out there. They're, they're reaching out. They're trying to connect. And I can tell you this. You know, I, I've been in other positions before when there's been opportunities and not like this. Not like this. Um, there is so much interest, so much excitement, so many people that want to be a part of, of this program. So what I'm going to do is, is when we get back home, I'm going to enjoy my family and, and get together with them for Christmas tomorrow. And then I'm going to start responding and getting back to some of these text messages and make sure that, hey, they know that I, I hear them and then start to put together, all right, who are the best fits, just like our players, who are going to be the best fits in this program? Who are going to be the men that are going to come in here and lead these players? And I'm going to work with Alan on that. I'm going to work with folks here that have been at Auburn so I can have a better understanding of things. And we'll start to put together that staff and make sure that the things that we're doing along the way, we take care of our players as we put together the staff. We communicate with our players so they know what's going on and then we will build from there. All right, Shane, so what's your thoughts on uh, what Coach had to say there? And uh, did he fire you up for next season on the Plains? 
Well, it's, you know, Mike, it's something that we discussed off this pod earlier. And, you know, it's not fair because, you know, I didn't get the goosebumps. He said the right things, but I didn't get that, uh, you know, this is our guy. But, you know, that's, that's, it's Christmas Eve. You know, this thing's been jumbled around. He's probably been on a plane for, for half a night. You know, I don't even know where exactly he was coming from. So, uh, I'm going to hold off judgment on the first. He, he didn't win the presser, in my opinion, but he did say some of the right things and some of the things you would expect. And uh, he's got a the, – the thing I'm most intrigued about is the staff that he puts around him, you know. Something that Beamer was talking about during his is, you know, some of these guys are, are clearing, you know, they're just – they're cleaning house and they're just starting fresh. Is that the type of situation we're going to have in Auburn? Or are we going to keep some of those root guys around? So, because they got some great coaches on that staff. And uh, if he's able to retain a few of those, I think it's going to be a good deal. But that's that's what I'm more intrigued in. And, uh, we're out, again, I'm going to hold off judgment on, on the Christmas Eve uh, presser. And I think that's uh, Shane's nice way of saying he's out on Brian Harris. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you when we when we'll know something. September eighteenth, looking way ahead here. Second week of the season, Auburn goes to Penn State. Happy Valley. That should be a hell of a game here. We're gonna find out everything we need to know. Of course, I'm not gonna judge him after the second game, but if he goes up there and whoops Penn State's ass. Auburn's got themselves a coach. Hey, they fired Franklin yet? <laughs> Speaking of, I, I'm sorry. I'm just thinking about that. You know, his name was floating around a lot of these SEC jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always interesting how these guys, uh, once they start sucking at coaching, uh, <laughs> all these other schools want to hire him. It's almost like uh, the agents are, are getting pretty busy. You know what? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, Shade, last thing real quick, this breaking news here. Uh-oh. All these guys returning to Arkansas. They just got another one. Dorian Gerald, defensive lineman. Had a, another one had a breakout season in 2020. Mm-hmm. He has announced he's coming back for next season. And Sam Pittman says, big things coming in 2021. Seven ain't enough. So who knows, man? We might be getting more Razorbacks returning. But mm-hmm. all of a sudden, this has turned into a damn Razorbacks podcast here. But, uh, hey, good news. Where you at, Felipe? <laughs> Where you at, Boyd? <laughs> But that's all I got, brother. You got anything before we uh, hop off here? No, man. Uh, look for we got we got some action coming up here pretty soon. Um, so I, I'm just I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm my fantasy football came to an end. Uh, I'm a champion, so if my buddies are listening, I'm just <laughs> just giving you a shout out. So uh, my my focus is off NFL, and it's it's ready to watch some of these college games um you know finalize and it just sucks because football coming to an end and i know i say this every time because i can just i see it man i see it right around the corner and then you get canceled games and stuff like that but that's just going to make you appreciate some more of these games that aren't canceled uh when's this florida one it's 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 uh the 31st right at 12 no sir it's win- no, it's no. wednesday it's uh seven seven oh, central eight eight, eight o'clock eastern time on espn so the day this comes out, man, there, we got a SEC bowl game down in the Cotton Bowl. Can you give us a quick rundown here, real quick, uh, of the games that are are still a go? Yeah, like sir. just the just this week. So we got that Wednesday matchup, Florida and Oklahoma, and then what time is it? Uh, eight o'clock Eastern time on ESPN? Okay, I'm there. I'm in. Following it. day, Thursday, the uh, New Year's Eve, we got Tulsa, which is actually number twenty four in the nation, Shane, playing Mississippi State. At uh, noon Eastern time on ESPN. That won't be a ball game. Go on. I don't care what. And then ranked. here's the big ones here, Shane. What's Colson good at? Uh, salsa. They got salsa down there. They got a hell of a linebacker, <laughs> but he opted out, so nothing. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Friday, New Year's Day. Here's the big one: Georgia, Cincinnati, noon Eastern, Ooh. on ESPN. We'll have Auburn. Northwestern next. That's at uh, 1 o'clock Eastern on ABC. Mm-hmm. And then the two college football playoff games. Uh, Notre Dame, Alabama, 4 o'clock Eastern on ESPN, 3 o'clock Central. Uh-huh. And Ohio State, Clemson mm. at 8 Eastern, 7 Central, also on ESPN. 
Oh man, can they both lose? You know. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, man. I'm looking forward to it. it's wrapping up, but I just want to see a year. And I know we don't have as many bowl games this. Year. Actually, we probably have, if you think about it, about the same amount of bowl games mm-hmm. uh, with all these opt outs. We, I just want to see an SEC undefeated. I just, I want to see total domination. These guys have been beating up on each other all year long. And I want that to carry over when they play some of these podunk Tulsa teams and, you know, just run the score up on them. Let them see SEC's best team, best, best conference in the nation. Yeah. Wouldn't that be great if, uh, you know, no disrespect to Mississippi state, it, you know, it was a tough year, but uh, you're just playing SEC, but you won what three games and you're playing mm-hmm. a top 25 team and you beat the hell out of them. I mean, if that Elite. if that don't say how tough the SEC is, nothing does. You know what? Exactly. That's what I want to see, man. All right, Shane. So um, that's going to do it. And, of course, you've made it this far. Don't forget, leave us a five-star written review. Send that on over to thatsecpodcast at gmail.com, and we'll send you a beer koozie free of charge just for doing that. But, uh, mm-hmm. hey, buddy, that's going to do it. Thanks for joining me as always. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go Vols.